Now, as Russia continues its assault on Ukraine, the Kremlin is tightening its grip on the media and critics of the Russian president. Well, a new Iron Curtain has fallen in Russia, and this time it's an information Iron Curtain. That's why most Russians don't know what's really happening in Ukraine. The Kremlin today blocked Facebook and Twitter, and there are no independent media outlets left. You have to ask yourself one simple question every minute. What next will kill me? Because if you know what can kill you, in the very next moment, you can be prepared. You, ha you can have a protocol, you can have a plan. And if you have a plan, you have better chances to survive. New laws banning independent coverage of the invasion of Ukraine have forced many news outlets to leave Russia. Medusa claims to be Russia's biggest independent media outlet, even though its editors have been based in exile in neighbouring Latvia for most of the last 10 years. In recent times, Medusa's reporting has ranged from exposing the presence of Russian mercenaries in Venezuela to uncovering the machinations of the Kremlin's propaganda apparatus. Now it finds itself reporting the war in Ukraine, but just last week it had to evacuate more than 20 of its reporters from Russia. Welcome to JLab, a podcast brought to you by the Civic Journalism Lab at Newcastle University. Our guest on this episode is Medusa Editor-in-Chief and co-founder Ivan Kolpakov. And I began our conversation by asking him to explain what life has been like for Russian journalists under the reign of Vladimir Putin. In the 1980s, independent media appeared in Russia and uh, it was a huge boom of uh, media industry in 1990s and 10 years after i think a lot of new media outlets appeared and i would say that huge part of the market was independent uh, but the situation started uh, changing in the beginning of uh, 2000s uh, when vladimir putin became a president his main focus was the television. He realized that, that the television, he's not controlling the television, and the television is a huge resource for the elections. Also, I think that he was personally hurt by Russian independent television in the beginning of his presidency. Well, the television was tough on Putin, and I think it uh, you know, created a lot of different uh, issues that became more important lately in relationship between Vladimir Putin and journalists. So the first thing he did as a president in terms of regulating the media industry, he started controlling the television. The, the television like in Russia is contr fully controlled by the government like for 20 years already. And this is a huge resource uh, to manipulate the public opinion in Russia. And the television, unfortunately, remains a very important source of information for the majority of Russian audience. However, though he decided to uh, control the television for at least 10 years more, the newspapers and internet remained uh, more or less free. And only 10 years after the um, protests of 2011-2012, I think the Kremlin actually realized that internet is a huge and very important 
a source of independent information for Russian people. And they started slowly changing this landscape as well. I can tell the rest of the story through my own working experience. Uh, though I am working as a journalist like since 2001, I'm working as a journalist almost the same long as Putin is a president of Russia. <laughs> so I had an opportunity to observe the changes on the market. Uh, in 2014, I lived in Moscow and I worked for the biggest Russian news outlet. It was called Lente.ru. And a um, couple weeks before the Crimea annexation, our editor-in-chief, Galina Timchenko, was fired by the owner. And we understand that it was some kind of cleanup of the landscape before the annexation of Crimea. So a lot of uh, media outlets changed the editorial policy entirely or uh, changed the management of uh, um, newsrooms during 2012, 13, 14 and 15, like those were the years when Kremlin actually started controlling internet. The whole newsroom decided to quit because we, we felt it as a censorship. Our editor-in-chief editor was replaced by a guy who used to work as an editor-in-chief of pro-Kremlin media uh, before. And uh, we all left. It was, it was a strange decision even in 2013, to be honest. Uh, but we decided to make another media outlet. Uh, but also we thought that probably it would be smart to start it not in Russia. And we moved to Latvia, Riga, where we launched a small publication. Uh, we had 15 people on board and uh, we thought that we are making some kind of, you know, resort for the journalists that want to keep doing their job. We didn't have an intention to create new super popular media because we already had this experience. And we also thought that it is, it's going to be hard to repeat the success of Lentoru, which was, again, the biggest Russian news uh, outlet of, the, of its time. But since the pressure on, on, on media landscape was, was uh, tougher and tougher, bigger and bigger, it created an opportunity for us to grow because we were based outside. And I think... It was a smart move to start outside. For, for a long period of time, it created us a, a lot of, you know, additional space to grow and uh, more safety to grow. But uh, last year started new wave of pressure on media. A lot of uh, important independent media outlets uh, were marked as a foreign agent. And Medusa was one of, one of the first among this wave was marked as a foreign agent. We've lost our uh, business model entirely because of that and almost died. And from today, it looks like it was the preparation for the military operation, as they, as they call it, in Ukraine. During the last two weeks, the industry, independent part of the industry was destroyed completely. The scariest part of this story is that Actually, Russian audience left with Russian television, and that's it. The whole independent part of, of Russian media landscape is destroyed. The, uh, a lot of uh, media outlets, they just stopped operating. Uh, some of them evacuated people outside the country because it is legally forbidden in Russia to call this invasion a war. 
or if you're publishing some independent stuff about the war, you can be imprisoned up to 15 years. So few media outlets left, few newspapers that keep working in, 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 in the country, they made this very difficult uh, decision not to cover the war. Because they are, this is the matter of, you know, of safety and freedom for their employees. Some of media outlets uh, successfully evacuate people outside the country and they keep working, but they are blocked in the country and their majority of them are small. Uh, so Medusa remains the biggest among these Russian media in exile and much more prepared because we started in 2014 and we... Uh, you know, we have a huge experience of working from the outside. And also, technically, we were more ready. I would say that, you know, the majority of our audience remained with Medusa, despite the blocking of uh, our website in Russia. I'm, I'm a very lucky person. Since the beginning of my career, I, I worked for the independent media outlets, and that's it. I never worked for the state media. I never worked for the media that were controlled by the huge business, by oligarchs connected with the Kremlin. I never experienced uh, blacklists, so-called blacklists, or, or so-called temniki, which means like the list of topics you need to cover in a very special uh, direction. So I never experienced it myself as a journalist and, and, and editor because I always thought where I'm going to work in and I never wanted to work uh, for the state media. Uh, so I would say that before 2014, before, uh, before Crimea uh, story, um, the market was divided into unequal parts bigger part uh, controlled by the state uh, and smaller part independent media. If you're working for the independent media, you have uh, more or less the same experience as, uh, as in Britain or in other European countries. Less money, definitely uh, less uh, safety, definitely more risks. And uh, you work in, in a difficult landscape and, of course, you're getting threats, uh, I think, uh, more often than in Europe and stuff like that. This is a difficult market and difficult country. But in terms of journalism, you are free to do whatever you think uh, is important in uh, the circumstances of the editorial policy. And, and, and the level of journalism was evolutionally growing, I would say. And uh, so you could, you could observe uh, a better quality of journalism. You could observe better quality of what editors do, a better understanding of, of what's, what's going on in, in media. And even in recent years, to be honest, uh, uh, Russian media industry was kind of phenomenal. You could see a lot of stuff. A lot of tendencies you can observe in, in, in Western media, you could observe it in Russian independent media as well. So up until 2014, Ivan, would you say you were actually optimistic about the direction that journalism was going? No, no, I wasn't optimistic. But my optimism changed uh, not in 2014. I mean, 2014 was a super depressing year. 
it's hard to compare it with 2022 when we see how Russia is bombing Ukraine and people are suffering. And this is a catastrophe for both countries, and Ukraine and, and Russia. And it will change our life completely and the history of Russia as well. But uh, for me personally, the, the first huge moment of pessimism was 2011, when uh, Vladimir Putin announced that he's going to be a president for the third time. This is when you... If you live in Russia and you have experience of, of uh, Soviet life or your parents spend huge part of their lives in, in, in the USSR, you kind of instantly feel it. It means, well, the guy wants to be a president third time. He's going to violate the constitution. It's going to last forever. Like before 2011, you felt that the things slightly changing and slightly progressing in Russia. After 2011, it was regress every year. And when 2014 happened, you realized that it is going to be bad. And now we see what are the results of, you know, the violation of the constitution and what are the real ambitions of Vladimir Putin and etc. etc. So I, I would say that since 2011, I didn't have any optimistic feelings about the um, country and about uh, journalism specifically. Because, of course, you could see the direction of changes. The authorities uh, tried to read off independent journalism and read off um, civil society. In, in the beginning, it was a slow process. In recent years, it was a very quick process. And now they destroyed everything. Ivan, just describe for us the range of emotions you went through when you decided to pack your bags and go and live in a completely different country because that, that's a big price to pay for journalism, isn't it? We established uh, Medusa in uh, Latvia because we thought that the authorities will keep expanding pressure on independent media. We thought that it's not going to be safety for physically safety for, for journalists uh, to stay in Russia. We thought that they can block the website any any time. We thought that they're gonna try to create the uh, cyber wall around the country. Everything we predicted actually happened, and even more. Nobody actually could suppose that 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 Putin will start destroying Russia, which is happening right now. In 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 my opinion. It's hard. It, it is already hard to reconstruct what was the feeling in 2014. I think it was the mix of, 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 uh, of fear and hope. Uh, a lot of conversations. What would be the smartest way uh, to act right now if you want to do uh, a media, uh, another media outlet? So it was the combination of everything. You have to ask yourself one question, one simple question every minute. What next will kill me? Uh, because if you know what can kill you in the very next moment, you can be prepared. You, ha you can have a protocol, you can have a plan. And if you have a plan, you have better um, chances to survive. This is, was the strategy of Medusa. I think since 2014, we've been thinking every month, every day, what next will kill me? What can be this, you know, tricky moment 
which uh, can lead the organization to death. And uh, we try to, to, to be as prepared as possible for all the negative scenarios. It doesn't mean that we are completely uh, ready. For example, though we are uh, registered in Europe and the majority of our employees live uh, outside Russia for many years, and uh, I live in, in Europe for eight years already, uh, we had people in Russia and we had to evacuate them in three days during this Ukrainian war. 20 or even more people had to evacuate from Russia and it, nobody expected that we will have that short, you know, that small win window to evacuate them. You can predict a lot, but and, and you can even have information from American secret services about the intentions of Vladimir Putin. Or you can see the army near the borders of Ukraine, but you can't accept that it's going to happen. Still, a lot of us, we, we can't accept it. We can't uh, realize that it, 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 it actually happens. I mean, what were your, because you were living in Moscow then, I mean, what, what, were your, what were your family saying to you when you were saying, oh, I'm thinking of leaving Russia, I'm thinking of... Um, setting up uh, help helping set up a, a new news organization in latvia i mean what were your friends and family saying to you at that point well you know i'm lucky enough because i have very supporting family and friends though there are parts of my family there are relatives who were unhappy uh, about my decision and they were watching russian television and russian television covered medusa as a new anti-Russian, a pro-Western voice, uh, which actually wants to, you know, take part in destroying of Mother Russia, etc., etc. So I have relatives in the countryside and they're watching television a lot. They don't read Medusa. And we had tensions inside the family with these relatives. But with close relatives, with my parents, with my friends, I had only support. Everybody were like, this is a positive decision. This is much smarter than keep working uh, in Russia. If you want to be a journalist, if you want to be an editor, probably it is smarter to move to some less risky environment. It was hard because I had to live uh, my life in Russia because I had to leave my friends in Russia. And to be honest, I did not realize in 2014 how hard it's going to be, how dramatically it will change my life. Though, you know, if you're Russian, you really read all these books about Russian immigration because Russians always emigrate. They are running from uh, cruel government and economical chaos and stuff like that. And there is a huge Russian uh, literature created uh, in exile. And if you're an intelligent person in Russia, of course, you are, you are completely aware of life of Russian immigrants. But you never think that you're going to walk in these shoes. When I only moved to Latvia, I could, you know, travel easily to Russia. For, for a few years, I traveled a lot. I spent a lot of time in Russia. We made events in the center of Moscow for, you know, hundreds of people. 
we had a school of journalism where a lot of people from Russia and all post-Soviet countries, uh, you know, learn journalism in Riga. And uh, we had a lot of editorial stuff in Russia. But in recent couple of years, everything changed. Ivan, can you tell me now what the situation is? Do you have any reporters left in in Russia itself? We have people who are we working with in Russia, but we decided that we can't have normal stuff. It's too risky for Medusa because we cover in the war. We are the violators of this uh, law, for example, about fakes regarding Russian army. I mean, anything you publish, any piece uh, of journalism, of independent journalism about the war is illegal in Russia. So it wouldn't be smart to have people there. When we started in 2013, a lot of people told us that it's not, it, it's not going to be possible. It is impossible to make a, a media proper, uh, you know, newspaper in exile. It, it was hard. It, it, it is really hard to work from the outside. But we, we learned how to do that. And um, we managed to, to, to do a good, proper journalism. Though the headquarters of Medusa was based outside the country. So, I mean, organizationally, we understand how to operate if you, if you sit in somewhere outside the country. But we have to count on our sources. We have to count on the people who are remaining on the ground. We have to work very closely with people who are still staying in Russia. We established some new protocols of work to keep the same standards of journalism despite the circumstances. And for us right now, the most challenging part is to report from Ukraine, is to tell Russian audiences about what's going on there and what actually Russian army does there to bring this picture to Russia. Because as I already said, there is a huge lack of uh, independent uh, journalism, independent information in Russia right now. So this is like, this is the main story we need to tell right now to our readers. We need to report what actually, what's going on in Ukraine uh, and how does this, this war look like? And uh, what are the, um, who are the victims? How Ukrainian cities look like? Etc. Etc. There are there are a lot of stuff you know you need to report about from the neighbor countries, but yes, definitely it is challenging. It's not going to be easy, and for especially especially for reporters who used to work in Russia for years, uh, they can't uh, discuss rumors there. They can't meet sources near the Kremlin administration. They can't go to, you know, provincial city to see something with their own eyes. So it creates a lot of disturbance and, and difficulties. But I think we have no other options. I mean, what are the options? We need to keep doing journalism, even, even though we are in these circumstances. I was a child when uh, USSR collapsed and I have a lot of memories from my Soviet childhood, but I'm not a Soviet person, and I don't consider myself a Soviet person, but you know you have these uh, family memories 
when the only independent information our parents could get was the information they got from from on, on the radio from uh, Voice of America or BBC and it was illegal to listen to these radio stations and now it looks the same it is not illegal to read Medusa but Medusa is blocked in Russia so you need to you need to use VPN to read Medusa's website or you need to download our application and this application contains anti-blocking instruments but we need to jump over this wall wall to reach out the audiences and the, the audiences also need to jump over this wall to reach out the uh, external voices. Uh, Western media and Western uh, Russian-speaking um, newsrooms based in Europe did a lot during the Soviet times. Did they have problems with reporting from the ground? Yes, they could not report from the ground. But even though they did, could not report from the ground, they could provide a much more realistic picture of what's happening in the, in the USSR than the Soviet newspapers and Soviet television. And Ivan, do you believe that now in Latvia you're safe, both you personally and Medusa? A lot of people who are evacuating from Russia, they have this feeling of safety, especially in Europe. It is uh, an illusion of safety. You think that you are outside and you are totally safe, which is not true. Unfortunately, I can't say that, you know, Russian journalists can feel themselves safe, safety anywhere, but more safety than in Russia, because you're not going to be illegally detained. You're not going to be legally prosecuted. It is harder to fabricate the case against you. It's just harder to, you know, to manipulate and to, to make pressure, but you're not safe. Plus, you know, all of us, we all have friends. Uh, in Russia, and we all have uh, a huge part of our life is in Russia. Actually, we are working for Russia. It means that there are a lot of uh, ways to 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 make our life harder. What do you think will be the longer term impact of what we're seeing in terms of the journalism that's possible, either inside or outside of Russia? To be honest, I don't have time to think about the future of journalism right now. I only think about the future of my own organization and do my I do my best as a media manager and a co-founder of this organization together with, with uh, uh, my business partner and another co-founder of this organization, Galina Timchenko. We think only about the surviving of our organization and the safety of our employees because we see that this is our responsibility in these circumstances. And of course, we need to save the organization because we have millions of readers who rely on our reporting in their everyday life. I'm thinking not about the future of journalism. I'm thinking about the future of the country. I'm thinking about the future of the society. The world does not understand what actually happens with the public opinion in Russia. There is huge a part of society which is strongly against the war. Uh, some of these people, they had to go, uh, they had to leave the country uh, because they had resources to leave the country. They had the will to do that. Uh, the majority of these people stayed in the country. It is legally 
forbidden to take part in street actions, but you know, thousands of people are taking part in street actions. Thousands of people are detained because of that. And the anti-war movement grows, but it grows not that quickly as it could if you would have independent media in the country. So I would say that Kremlin still has huge resorts to manipulate the public opinion. And people consume propaganda for years. It's really hard to come to someone and say, look, here's the pictures of Mariupol or Kharkiv. This is what we've done. And you will get aggressive response because it destroys the you know, information environment in which people used to live for years. You're destroying their picture of the world. You can't change the public opinion in the country without the independent journalism. It's not going to happen like you will show them one video about the war crimes in Ukraine and everything will change. No, it doesn't work like that. You need time and you need a lot of resources and you need a lot of independent uh, voices to change the uh, public opinion. And I mean, how are we going to stop the war if we can't talk to Russians right now? I don't have an answer. I just have a lot of concerns about that. I'm pretty sure that you need to, you know, you need to have independent voices in Russia. Of course, I'm a journalist and I protect in my profession and I'm supporting my profession, standing for my profession. But I really think that this war happened because they created a propaganda narrative and they believed in this propaganda narrative. I mean, the authorities believed uh, in the picture they, they actually watch on television, which is fake. And uh, now the world is near the disaster, exactly. And, and the disaster in Ukraine and in, and in Russia is already happening. And this is connected with the independent journalism and with the crush of independent journalism and civil society in Russia directly, unfortunately. Well, finally, Ivan, how can people help support the work that you do? So Medusa was funded by the readers. After we were labeled as a foreign agent, our business model crushed. And so we switched to crowdfunding. And though we had uh, a little bit skeptical, you know, feeling about crowdfunding, it actually worked. We have we had a lot of supporters, donators from Russia, but because of war, we've lost them. So we've lost around 30,000 uh, regular donators from Russia uh, in you know recent weeks. What we're trying to do right now, we turn into the Western audiences and we're asking uh, people in Europe and in Northern America to take place of our uh, supporters from Russia, because we really think that it is in each interest of the world to support Russian journalism. And because we are the only big independent media that actually still has access to Russian audiences and actually keeps uh, independently covering the war in Ukraine. And the link to the Medusa crowdfunding page is save.medusa.io. My name's Ian Wiley. Thanks for listening.